Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Welcome to Monday, October 3, the year of our Lord, 2022. Another month, another yeah. week. Turn in the page. Another psalm. Yeah, looking at Psalm 58. We're, we're going through a... Would we even call it a volume, Uh, a catalog? Isn't that the word they use in in the music industry, the catalog? A catalog, sure. We're going through a catalog of of Davidic psalms here, a catalog of mictums, it feels like. Or a hymnal. Or a hymnal, yeah, yeah. Perhaps a a psalter. Yes. All those words could apply. All those words could apply. Uh, I will tell you that uh, what's different about this psalm, I think, uh, is is the... uh, the imagery of just calling down God's judgment. You know, not only do I, I need your judgment on this God, but I have a few suggestions <laughs> about how you could do that judgment, and we're going to sing a song about it. Well, <laughs> let's just go ahead and open up the week and point out that the the walk through this psalm is going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. from the walks through most of the psalms. We tend to love to come to the psalms as kind of a devotional material that just makes me feel better and just I, I just it draws me closer to God and I just like to feel good when I'm done reading it. And this is not one of those psalms. Well, I I think it depends on where you're sitting, though. I mean, I really do, and that's. But but you know, I've I've had those moments and those feelings in my life, where if I was reading this psalm, I'd be like, mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> this is how we verbalize this in a prayer to God. But yes, this is my heart right here. I think you're right. It will depend on the direction, the seat in which you are sitting. We in the New Testament seat. Under the cross of Jesus Christ and having heard his prayer, forgive them, they don't know what we what they do. We struggle with this kind of prayer. I would agree with you. And that's but I think there's something for us to learn. It is if folks haven't already picked up from our conversation, this is an imprecation. Listen, I know we're gonna read this in a minute, but when I was going through this and preparing for our for our time together, I, I remembered the quip that the the Bible teacher gives to his students mm-hmm. when at, at the college, the Bible college, when he tells the kids if your parents knew what was in the Bible, they wouldn't let you read it. <laughs> this might be it. I was laughing about this. I was like, yeah, this is this is this is one of those ones that you're not gonna hear too many in the scripture readings yeah, on Sunday. We, morning. we don't we don't put this on a pillow. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's yeah. for sure. It's not written on the wall. So have we hyped nice it up picture. enough now? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Are they wondering are they sitting on the edge of the seat saying, What does this psalm say? One of the things here I will just say, as you so you're talking about the Bible teacher. I've heard others point out that what we have to do is study and learn from the Bible God's given us, not the Bible we want it to be. Mm. And I think that's a a good place to start as we look at Psalm 58. And I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Let's do it. To the choir master, according to do not destroy a mictum of David. Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No. In your hearts, you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth, speaking lies. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ear, so that it does not hear the voice of charmers or of the cunning enchanter. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. 
sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns, whether green or ablaze, may he sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. So I find it curious where this psalm begins. As you were reading there, uh, a question asked to the gods. And uh, of course, we know that David is not a polytheist. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then reading in a couple other translations, different choices were made with yes. that. A lot mm-hmm. of them you know, don't say gods there. So who's, who's the psalmist even talking to here? <laughs> That's a fantastic question that I'm not sure I have the qualifications to answer specifically, but okay. I can tell you what I've uncovered as I've been studying it. All right. There, there's a word here that, uh, the, the, I mean, we get into a lot of questions about Hebrew language and the way words are used and, and how the, the Hebrew text even came into being. Understand that original documents only had consonants. Right. There were no vowels. Right. And, you know, the folks who grew up in that language, they knew how to say it. They knew what the words were, and they could use their context clues. I know we probably would struggle with how on earth could they do that, because we don't know the language. We have to learn it. Sure. Well, the Masoretes came along and provided help by adding in what are called vowel points. Okay. And some words have the same consonants, but different vowel points. Uh Aha. That those who grew up in the language would be able to tell from the context what it was supposed to be. Every once in a while that causes a little bit of confusion. So what's happened here is when the the Masoretes, if I understand it right, pointed this word, Mm -hmm. they gave it a what's called a vocalization. In other words, here's how you would pronounce it, here's how it would sound Mm -hmm. that matches, say, like the New King James. I think you told me the New King James says silent ones. Yes, the silent ones. Silent ones. Folks looking at the psalm itself has said, well, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit the context of the psalm. And they've recognized that had they pointed it differently, had they given it different vowel sounds, it would be gods. Hmm. So the like the word for silent ones is LM, I think, and the, mm-hmm. wor- the word for plural gods here is Elim or Elohim. Okay. And with okay. different vowel points, this, these, this set of consonants would be either one of those. I see. Now, we'll talk about this tomorrow, I think— no matter how we look at that, we're recognizing David is addressing judges mm-hmm. and rulers who are miscarrying justice. That's yeah. going to be a big part of what we're talking about this week. And either, if it's silent ones, it's the idea of these judges not speaking when they're supposed to. Sure. They should be speaking out in defense of justice, of those who are harmed, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Or... He's using that, if it's God's, then it's using God's in the same way as Psalm 82 and verse 6, which you remember Jesus referred to when when folks got upset at him. And he said, look, if if Scripture says you are God's, and we know Scripture can't be broken. Mm-hmm. So in Psalm 82, 6, as it's talking to the judges and rulers, it refers to them as God's. God's. And the reason for that is because they are speaking in the place of God. They are God's representatives when it comes they, to justice among the people. There are authorities. Yes. Yes. So I think that... Long explanation, hmm. and I don't know all the ins and outs, and honestly, I don't have the pedigree in Hebrew to like make a decision on that. So what I'm thankful for is either one you put in there, by the time you're done, we realize he's still talking about judges and rulers yeah. who are miscarrying, miscarrying justice. their justice. Yeah. I get that. So Okay. Well, that's helpful, uh, particularly as we uh, read through here and see all this emphasis placed upon uh, 
<laughs> getting smacked in the mouth and <laughs> yes. having their teeth knocked out and all such as that. Yeah. And their mouths are like vipers and snakes and such. Before we before we get into that part of it, let's back up a little bit further even. Okay. I, I want to notice the heading. Which, which oh, we, yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We've, we've talked about that. We've talked about headings before. We don't know where those original with the author, where there's something that editors brought in later. But here's what's really interesting. We mentioned this last week. The heading, we, we find out that there must have been a top 40 hit <laughs> back in ancient Israel. And that yeah. heading is Do Not Destroy. Do not to destroy. the tune of Do Not Destroy. That was that was the tune of last week's psalm? Yes. Psalm 57, this week, next week? It'll be next week's. And yeah. then in a, in a, ah, a couple months, couple we'll months. get to 75, I think it is, in Psalm 75. We set to the do not destroy. If the Lord wills and the creek don't rise, (laughs) we're going to get to Psalm 75 and it's going to be do not destroy again. So four Psalms Mm -hmm. are set to this tune or written according to that poem. There's some connection here that either the author or some early editor said, hey, you need to think about this as you're thinking about this psalm. So, okay. Now that that brings up kind of a question to me about, I don't know if it's composition or a performance question, but uh, how do you have these words and these lyrics set to the tune of do not destroy? Because you know, the, this is about, like, ex- destroy with extreme prejudice, right? <laughs> yeah. Let, beat, beat the teeth out of their mouth. Let me read verses 6 through 9 again. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. Sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns, whether green or ablaze, May he sweep them away. May he destroy them. Yes, it, it does sound like destruction. Sung to the tune of Do Not Destroy. Do not destroy. <laughs> Here, okay, here's what it well, made you me know, think the, of. The way we do songs today, I mean, and I've, I've even sat in, I don't want to say classes, but presentations when I talk about songwriting, and particularly writing hymns. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's a real point of emphasis. Hey, you should have... Uh, chord progression, and you should choose keys that go along with your lyrics. Yes. You know, otherwise there's this kind of disconnect in our mind. Let the tune match the message. Yeah. yeah. Let the melody match the message, which when when you're doing this with a melody or a tune or a background of do not destroy, and the whole psalm is about, but, but destroy them, that does sound odd. It would be like in our modern day, if I wrote a song uh, or let me not say me because this will get me in trouble. If a, if a songwriter wrote a song about how ugly his wife was and how ugly his baby was and how ugly his house was and how ugly the city he lived in was, but it was set to the tune of everything is beautiful. Well, now, wait a second. I know that song. Everything is beautiful in its own way. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So here, here's the thing. If if you heard a song, if on the radio you heard a song that was a the, the words were about how everything how how ugly everything around this guy I, is, but it was set to the tune of everything is beautiful, beautiful, would you think that was done on purpose? I would. In fact, I might even think it's a weird Weird Al, uh, Weird Al song or something. I, that's exactly what I thought. I thought in our day and age we would see it as a parody. Parody, yeah. Or if we got past, if, if we could tell that it was actually done in seriousness, we would think, you know what? There's a message here. There's a message of while the words are about the ugliness, this tune is so popular and so well known. I bet this guy's actually making a point about the fact that 
what some people think is ugly is actually very beautiful in yeah. its own way. In its, its own, own way. On the inside. Yeah, that's but, right. <laughs> a great personality. <laughs> Got a great personality. But but we would see that. We would recognize that the dissonance between the well-known tune mm-hmm. and the words actually driving home a point. So yeah. I, I'm wanting to yeah. think this through. And I don't know we don't have much time to, to dig in this greatly, but I do think there's a couple of passages that might help us out. So, for instance, all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 26, here is in, in the ancient history of Israel, Moses mm-hmm. is recounting what happened when the Israelites had rebelled. They had the golden calf, and then they wouldn't go into the land. And it says in Deuteronomy 9, 25, So I lay prostrate before the Lord for these 40 days and 40 nights, because the Lord had said he would destroy you. And I prayed to the Lord, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your heritage, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not regard the stubbornness of this people or their wickedness or their sin. Here's here's this ancient standard of do not destroy. Despite the fact that your people have failed, they fumbled, they faltered, you've made a covenant with them. Remember your covenant. Don't destroy. And I think perhaps what's happening here in Psalm 58, I can't I can't be dogmatic about it. Sure. But I think perhaps what's being driven home is if God does not step in and stop these wicked, evil judges mm-hmm. from pursuing their false and unjust judgment, he might as well be destroying his covenant people because that's what those false judges are going to do. And so in order for God's people to not be destroyed, the enemies must be destroyed. The false judges, the wicked, unjust judges must be destroyed. And this leads to, and if we can just very quickly, yeah. do, you, do you mind reading in Isaiah? Yeah, Isaiah lived after King David. Yeah, but, well after King David, but in Isaiah, oh, what is it? I think it's, it's a, like chapter 65 or 66, somewhere 65. in there. We talked about it. I know you've got it pulled yeah. up, so go ahead and pull that up it's and read uh, it. Isaiah 65, verse 8. Yeah, there Thus it is. says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servant's sake that I may not destroy them all. So we've got the thing from way before this psalm, and now afterwards we, where we see this kind of do not destroy had become a statement. Right. And, and it was what he's basically saying is that well, God has provided a blessing for Israel. In fact, God has made Israel a blessing for all people, and therefore he's not going to allow yeah. Israel to be destroyed. There's goodness in it, and you don't want the goodness to be lost in the destruction. And even though he's going to judge Israel for their sin, he's not going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Which here in the middle is this psalm, which I think is it's kind of a hinge, and it's that idea that the people, though they mess up, David, though he messes up, God has made a covenant, mm-hmm. but he's, he's not just made a covenant with David, he's made a covenant with the world that through David and Israel, the entire world is going to be blessed. So he, he must not let Israel or David be completely destroyed. They're Therefore, he must take a hand against wicked, unjust judges who would see them destroyed. Well, what have you been studying and learning about the tune, Do Not Destroy? Uh, We've uh, certainly given you some scriptures and some things to consider about that today, and we're excited that we're going to be together in Psalm 58 this week. Why don't we have a word of prayer? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you, Father, for your patience with us. We are mindful, Father, that there are times when we see the wicked rising up, and, and all appearances they are winning, but Father, help us to remember that ultimately you are the judge. And in your long suffering and patience, Father, Uh, We want to have that. We want to have your grace. We want to have your mercy because we know we need it because we fear your destruction. But at the same time, Father, we know that truly you will judge. And we pray that you would keep us, Father. Keep us in your care and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.